Welcome to Arcade Attack. Player one, please press start. Gentlemen, start your engines. Player two has now entered the game. Player three, choose your weapon. to kick ass and chew bubble gum. Oh no. But gentlemen, I'm all out of gum. <laughs> so that can only mean one thing. Yes. We're going to talk about they live. Yay. No, we're not. Oh. So talk about, which I could talk about, but yeah. says, we're not doing a movie podcast. Not today. So this, this is Adrian speaking. I, I'm going to talk about a classic series of games today. But first I'm introduce, we've got Keith. Hello. And of course, Dylan. Bonjour. <laughs> Um, you may have guessed already, but today I want to pay a little bit of a homage and sort of big up a bit of an interview you had recently with good old Scott Miller. Now that yeah, legend, he is a bit of a legend, yeah. though. Our, our mate Scott Miller. Yeah, so he gave Arcade Attack a really quite interesting, quite a detailed interview actually. So go please check that out. And I want to talk about the Duke Nukem series of games today. Oh, great series of games. You know, I. I Huge, huge fan. Huge, huge fan. Before I go into the game zone, I want to talk a little bit about Scott and explain how he started Apogee and id Software and uh, and how the sort of Duke games came about. So Scott Miller was actually the son of a NASA engineer. Oh, Imagine that as a, oh, as a that's dad. Pretty cool. yeah. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Nice. So he, he had access to powerful PCs at an mm. early age. Mm -hmm. And you can, you can picture it now, can't you? A young kid playing around with these, these really powerful computers. 
Uh, Scott started to make his own games at a very young age. So little, little games. I think he'd be the first to admit they weren't anything too groundbreaking, but they were good enough to sell to uh, sort of PC magazines and they'd stick them on the front cover and they'll get a bit of money out of it. That's pretty good, isn't it? Little, yeah. little good way of making a bit of, bit of uh, money on the side. Um, he he realised, though, that after six months, uh, I think he sold the rights of his games for the magazines. After six months, they're back... He, he owned the full rights again. Does that make sense? Okay. So the games he made, temporary, te- temporary yeah. deal, yeah. and he was wondering how can he make money of these games that are mm. just sitting there gathering dust. And he came across this shareware model. Now, the original shareware model for the PC was uh, basically you'd design a game, design a bit of software, you'd chuck it on, uh, you'd make it available to download or you'd give it to people and you'd hope they'd give you donations. Now, that's... If you got a free game... Would you would you send send uh, Scott Miller maybe twenty thirty pounds or not? Or would you just keep keep the game? Depends. It's a tough no, one, isn't it? If it was really good, if I really enjoyed it and could see the time and effort that had gone into it, maybe. It, it's a it's, I, we we like Keith's answer, yeah. but truthfully, not a lot of people. But would most get, people probably would. No, they wouldn't, would yeah. they? He looked at this model and thought, "Hang on a minute, is there a way we can I can twist this in the head mm. a bit?" And he he he's he's a clever man. I, I'll say that for free. He. He basically rewrote, rewrote the rule book for shareware games, mm. uh, for shareware basically. So he would chop up a game into three or four bits, give the first bit away for free, like a sort of extended demo, like maybe the first few levels, okay. first episodes. And if you like the game, you could mail order the next episodes. I played a lot of PC games like that afterwards, so I didn't get a PC until about 98, 99. But a lot of those games that I used to love playing around your houses and Rob's house and etc., etc. Um, I could just download the first the first episode yeah. of it still not breaking any rules no stuff like Heretic and Doom and Doom 2 and Madness you, know, you can enjoy those and that, that's brilliant that's what he opened up right? I think it was it was extremely clever to say okay mm. here's your first episode give me some money if you want the rest and of course you want to see the rest of the game yeah. you're not just happy we're just playing shareware versions of a lot of games you want to you want to get to the end of that because i remember as a kid going to staples and they had a whole section of just shareware games like what and these are really <laughs> top quality pc games <laughs> not the whole game you know yeah. maybe and it only costs about five pounds and this is a yeah. big chunk of a game and, you know it, it, it's very very clever and it made Scott quite a lot of money, actually. Mm. He, he, he was the person that really saw this opportunity. Mm. And he basically, he, he put this money into making his own uh, company called Apogee Games. Apogee. Which, Apogee. Yeah, yeah, that's a great name, isn't it? A great name. And he, he's, he, he wasn't the... I'm sure he'd admit it. He's not the, the best ever programmer, but he had a very good business brain. Mm-hmm. And he hired some great people. I'm, I'm talking... Um, John Romero and I think it's Ken Silverman as well. Which John Romero, about. Ken Silverman. Yeah, these, Come on, yeah, get him on board. Young at the time, but now legends. I mean, and one of the first games he developed as Apogee was Duke Nukem, <laughs> the first game. Mm. Have you guys ever played the first ever Duke Nukem? I don't know. No, I've seen it running mm. and walkthroughs again. I never had the pleasure, unfortunately. It's a PC platformer, mm-hmm. and I've played it. I, I remember back in the day playing it. My, my mate Adam used to have a. Uh, a PC. He, he wasn't didn't have a games console, but his dad had a PC, a work PC, and he was allowed the old game. And he had Duke Nukem, so I remember playing it. And it's it's a simple enough game. It's a simple enough game. You you run around. Um, you've got a pistol. You can only shoot left and right. You can't shoot up or down. Uh, it's quite simplistic, um, but 
again, free episodes. The first episode you get for free or very, very cheap. And if you really liked it, you could purchase the other two episodes. So episode one is called Shrapnel City. And episode two is Mission Moon Base. And episode three is Trapped in the Future. So it's, like I said, guys, it's released in 1991. Mm. Uh, but the game is set in 1997. Well, the futuristic year it is <laughs> and Dr Proton and his army of tech box have taken control of Earth's largest city mm. yep so once a respected genius Dr Proton uh, decided he could rule Earth with a new order so it's you know and it, basically you've got to save the Earth save the day it's it's an okay game when I was looking back thinking about the memories it, you know I do remember playing it but it's nothing too special mm. however there is a little bit of a theme in this game uh, sort of dynamic of the game where, where I think they used it in future games. So most platform games, it's left to right, isn't it? Left to right. But this sort of game, quite original at the time, is you could traverse up and down uh, and left and right. And some of the missions you completed by getting up or really low on the levels. So it's quite unusual in that sense. Okay. And I think there's different ways of getting to that finishing goal. So not too bad at all. Not too bad at all. Uh, yeah, Duke Nukem 2. Have you played that guy, guys? Or not really? No, again, I just... <laughs> hello? Sorry, I, I, no, I did not have no PC. <laughs> I could play it. <laughs> um, I can't say I ever owned the game. It's, it was released in 993. Again, I played at Adam's house. He got the this, got this sequel. It's, again, another platformer. Mm. And it takes on the original game, but adds to it. So now you can shoot up and down. The graphics were improved. Uh, the sound was majorly improved. There was, there was no music in Duke Nukem 1, I believe. Now it's got oh, music. And it just it just took it to another level. This is probably where... Pun intended. Yeah, possibly <laughs> pun intended. But yeah, Scott Miller took... His, his, his whole sort of business model was really gathering speed and people really get to know what they're doing at Apogee. And it was now split up into four four episodes. So you get the first one very cheap. and He knew, he knew what he was doing, Scott. Mm-hmm. He knew what he was doing. If you liked it, you'd get the, yeah. the full-up episodes. The game... It's again, it's set in the near future in 1998, and he's, but he, Duke Nukem's on a chat show, he's, you're explaining, uh, it's all about your new autobi- autobiography called Why I'm So Great, <laughs> and then, he, then he's kidnapped by a good old Dr. Proton again, and again he has to escape and basically save the earth again. Okay. Now, one of my favourite bits of trivia about this game is uh, they had to change the way Duke Nukem was spelt. For the second game, so Duke Nukem, obviously Duke, you know D U K E, but Duke Nukem Two, they had to change Nukem to N U K U M. Any ideas why they had to change the name? Nukem. 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 Because they weren't allowed to nuke them. I don't know. Well, do you ever watch a cartoon? I'm sure you guys did. Captain Planet. Yeah. Yeah. Who's the bad guy in Captain Planet? Can't remember. It's not. What? No. His name was Duke Nukem. His name is Duke Nukem. Duke Nukem, honestly. Oh he was the bad guy. Really? Now, I don't remember that. Yeah, no, neither did I. Neither did I at the time. We used to watch it. Yeah. Um, I don't even remember the bad guys too well. You just I, remember don't remember, the... I can't even picture yeah. the bad guy. Don't, I, don't. I thought the bad guy was pollution. Yeah, I thought <laughs> it was a general pollution. thing. Well, yeah. apparently the main bad guy, or one of the main bad guys at least, is, is Duke Nukem. So oh. obviously Scott didn't want to get sued. He was a bit more copyright, you know, trademark, yeah. be really careful here. And they changed the spelling of the, of oh. the hero. Oh, but after Scott and his lawyers on a bit of digging around, they found out that Captain Planet had not copyrighted the name. Yeah. Like, oh, so actually, excellent. you know, I, I told you before, guys. Silly Captain Planet. So they didn't. So Scott swooped back in there 
and he copyrighted the name, he trademarked Duke Nukem, and that, from, from there on in, it was spelt the correct way. So there you nice. go. That's a good little bit of trivia, isn't yeah, it? That is nice. Yeah, really good. Um, that was, that. you know, again, playing the platform game back then, it was half decent memories. It wasn't a game that was big in my memory, but, you know, it was, it was mediocre, I'd say, mm-hmm. overall. You know, not bad. But, Duke Nukem 3D. Bah. Yeah. What can I say? I think that's all we've played. a it's, game and a half. It, I wish, I wish I knew how many hours I'd put into that game as a kid. <laughs> I, I, it would be it shocked me, I'm sure, because I, you know, I, I spent so long playing that game. Uh, it came well. It, it was released in 1996 by 3D Realms, and 3D Realms was Apogee Games but they mm-hmm. changed the name yeah. because they wanted to get away from the sort of 2D and mm-hmm. we're now doing 3D uh, again clever they could have just stayed yeah. as Apogee 3D or Apogee that do 3D games but 3D Rooms that sounds like a, a, a company that you want to buy yeah. 3D games from well exactly and, and in pr- prior to Duke Nukem 3D they had obviously made Wolfenstein which I love oh, yeah, wow. Wolfenstein's a yeah, great game Wolfenstein 3D brilliant game and they they knew the first person. I should have said earlier, like Junior and 3D is a first person shooter. Yeah, we we get the scene. You know, you, you you get the guns and you go through missions. And it was it's arguably the biggest genre now, isn't it? Arguably the biggest. First person shooters, yeah, massive, mm-hmm. huge. huge yeah. Call of Duty, Wolfenstein set the early scene. Doom came out. I think a year later. And yeah. Look, I, I could again talk about Doom. For, for, for many a time actually a classic it's probably one we should do at some point isn't it really? yeah <laughs> but just after Doom Junic and 3D now look the, it was a must have game for me I, I loved it. it it was released on the, the PC obviously the Mac the Playstation uh, the Sega Saturn even the Mega Drive even the Mega Drive had a copy <laughs> N64 it, it had over twelve, uh, well, over a dozen expansion packs in the game. It was oh. it was a big deal. I, I you know, it's huge. And very very similar. It, it, it was released into three episodes as well, three over episodes. Um, and do you know what? The, the thing that I like about it, and probably why I probably preferred it over Doom, is the vast majority of the game was set on Earth. Okay, and you could actually almost imagine. Mm-hmm. And before that, you know, Wolfenstein kind of like a weird sort of history sort of thing, and. Doom, sort of very sort of sci-fi. A lot of the games, a lot of levels are set on Earth, and little things like you could open toilet doors, <laughs> you know, little little things like that. Yeah. It was incredible. And I mentioned earlier about the first ever Duke game, giving you options to sort of finish your levels in different ways, getting yeah. higher and low. I think Duke Nukem 3D kind of took a little bit of that and just really, really, really made it such a non-linear and ridiculously dynamic game. So Doom. Which again, not having a go at it as such, but you had to pick up certain keys, open that door, yeah. find another key, open that door, get to the exit. Get to the exit. Yeah, yeah. Well done, you've done it. Brilliant game, but Duke 3D gave you the option of of completing games, completing levels, I should say, very very differently. So you could replay different levels. Go, oh, if I go this way, and there could be shortcuts, and you could you could get you could get like a, a sort of jetpack and fly over mm-hmm. areas. Do you understand? So it's such a dynamic game. That I it just just so so amazing. I, I loved it where you could just walk around. You can go into a cinema. The first level you can go into a cinema. You can shoot the cinema screen, and there's like secret secret rooms everywhere. Just so many places to explore. I mean, 
you've you've obviously played Cheek 3D, I take it. Or, yes. And yes. What, what are your views about it? I mean, it looks gorgeous. I remember, uh, mm. you know, again, I, I was a bit late to the PC scene and, you know, catching up with first-person series and things, but it just looks so nice yeah. when you're walking around destroying things. And it's like, it's very grounded, you know, obviously you're in the Earth, and it's like a CD, like a really CD yeah. version We'll talk of about the CD stuff later, I'm sure. And yeah. it just, the whole feel of the game, you know... You know what you're getting yourself in for, mm. and you just want to keep playing it and playing it. So I like you when you mentioned about the toilet doors. I still love detail like that now. Yeah. Even in modern games, when yeah. you kind of take it for granted. But back then, I really loved games like yeah. that because mm. so much stuff, like you said, was really linear. I was like, yeah, okay. Oh, there's there's this in the background, mm. but it's literally in the background. You can't interact with oh. it. Can't. And this was one of those games, those first games that I ever played that introduced that kind of thing. Well, Where little touches. Yeah. So there's a pinball machine, details. and you can if you try and play. It, we'll talk about the the voice actor later. Yeah, but he's yeah. like, I ain't got time to play on myself. Stuff like that, you know. <laughs> just little, little things details make a massive difference. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And we spoke to Scott Miller and said, look, it's a controversial game, and we'll talk more about that later. But you know, were you worried about that? And he basically said we wanted the controversy. We we knew that Doom was great. He respected Doom. He, you know, he Doom was it quite up. controversial just for violent, how yeah. crazy violent it yeah. was. Mm. And like, okay, let's stick this guy in hell and see how yeah. he gets on. That's but, right, yeah. So yeah, to be more controversial than that, you know, yeah, you had to bring in on. the adult themes. Yeah. Had adult themes, but he didn't take himself too seriously as well. So mm-hmm. there's so many oh, little touches in the game. Humor, yeah. yeah, great sense. Well, I want to talk about the sense of humour later, whether it's aged well or not. But at the time, I must be up for Especially when you're a teenage boy. <laughs> wow. You know? That was one, like, again, like even just talking about the controversy, that re- the reputation it had, mm. that it was a bit naughty and a bit. I was like, oh, I want to play, play, play this you game. You have to play this game. Yeah, exactly. What's in this game? Exactly. Um, the weapons are great, okay? It's got the box down and pistols, the shotguns, the machine guns, but it's also got some like. Almost like a semi-automatic rocket launcher. You've got like five or six rocket launchers at once. Yeah. Uh, it's got a shrink ray. You can shrink the enemies, shrink ray is and you can funny. Yeah. yeah, you can literally stamp on enemies. <laughs> it's abs- and like I said earlier, jetpacks as well. Yeah. Look, Doom, brilliant. But it, 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 in basically, it's, it's like Doom. it gave another dimension. To, more variety to the Doom it as well. Well, you, uh, it may sound silly now, but in first-person shooters, right? You know, Duke Nukem introduced so many things like ducking, jumping. Mm-hmm. You couldn't yeah. do that in Doom. No, Doom no. was just you kind of all on the same. You was 3D, but you're on the same level, so yeah. you, sh- you, you shot a bit in Doom, didn't you? Or was it Doom? No, 3? it was all. I think no, Doom One. Yeah, Doom One. You just go up. Yeah. The only way you can go stairs. up things is to find stairs oh, or okay. lifts and That's things. That's right. I so you couldn't. It was all the same. So if you shot, the same with Heretic actually. So if you shot, regardless of where the enemy is. On, oh, the, facing on the y-axis, the the, okay. the shot will hit him. Yeah. Whereas obviously with Duke Nukem, it's a bit more, a bit more involved. You have to go out up there, near. So yeah. Oh, he's up there, he's down there. You know, it's a it's bit more. So amazing in the whole town, the city landscape. It, the episode two, the you're on the moon, so with a bit of sci-fi as well. You, you just wanted to explore. Mm. I just took so many times replaying levels. I mean, I've completed Duke Nukem 3D. There are so many counts to explore in all these levels. In the first, even in the first ever level, and I should have, I should explain the story really, guys. You, you, you shot down from your spaceship back to Earth, and you, you realise that Earth's been taken over by aliens. Your job is to sort of rescue Earth again. It's, the story is not amazing. It's not not complicated, weird. but it's not complicated. It to be. You, you're the hero, Duke Nukem. Actually, what do you think of the character? Oh, I like him because he's like a throwback to the eighties. Actually, 
It's like an you know, 80s action yeah, hero. Come on. Love it. He's like Arnie. Arnie. He's Arnie. <laughs> yeah, we star. like him. And look, this is where I want to give a bit of a big up to another interview we've got lined up. Ken Silverman. Now, this Ken's guy. Ken's Labyrinth. I'm t- this guy. Ken's Labyrinth. <laughs> now, t- keep saying that. Ken's Labyrinth. Ken's Labyrinth. This guy. You know, he was quite young at the time, and Scott Miller hired him, he, he obviously trusted him, because in the background at Apogee, he was developing this amazing 3D model, this 3D engine, killed build, okay, and it, it, it's basically, it took the elements of the Doom build engine, but made it bigger, it, and, and it, it added so many new options to it, and I said earlier about how dynamic Duke is, in Duke 3D, Guys, earthquakes can happen. Mm-hmm. If you step on a certain area, earthquakes, sound, mm-hmm. buildings could collapse in front mm-hmm. of each other. And as a kid, I was like, I've never seen anything like this in my life. Whereas, you know, again, I feel like I'm a little girl at Doom, but I'm, I really don't mean to. But it's very kind of, the walls are very solid. You know, static. Static. In comparison. Comparison. Really smooth game, but Doom, whoa. You know, one bin due to, I can't remember the level, but there's a there's a running tram like like a, a subway. You can mm-hmm. actually get in a subway, and mm-hmm. it sounds silly now, but back then it's like, wow, this this thing's moving. Mm-hmm. I can literally yeah. go on a train and go to another part of the level. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it, it really, you know, I, it, it just it just <laughs> blew my mind. It just blew my mind, you know. And pun intended again. Possibly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I. Again, Ken Silverman, so much respect. And if you get a chance, please check the interview out. Because, you know, I, I think I took it for granted when we bagged that interview, how, how big a player he really was. Because he, the things he put into this build engine, and all right, he didn't do, he was working on Duke 3D a little bit, but the, but this engine he created, Heretic, I believe it, it, yeah, it, it was used fun. for that. It, was, yeah. it, was, it, it wasn't the first ever game, Duke 3D, but I think mm. Duke was the first one that really pushed it almost mm-hmm. to its limits. Absolutely, absolutely incredible. I loved Heretic. Oh, yeah. Brilliant game. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, another, one, another level, guys, that's very early in the game. You're caught by the pig cops, uh, and you, when you start the first level, you lost all your weapons, and you're stuck in an electric chair. And if you... If you don't move quickly enough, you get electrocuted and die. So it's all about acting quick. Um, and if you've got no weapons, what do you do when a pickle comes in? You punch him. Well, in this game, you have to kick him. Or kick him. In the right. chair, you've got to kick him. Exactly. Um, so, 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 so good. Now, again, I, I think we're so lucky, actually, because not only have we talked to Scott Miller and obviously Ken Silverman, we've actually had the opportunity to interview Duke himself, the voice actor who plays Duke Nukem. John St. John. Now, I don't know. John St. John, man. He's, what a legend. He is a legend. His voice is incredible. It's so... One, two, three legends. We've got them all. Boom. It all adds up. All these three people adds up to making such an iconic game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely incredible. And, you know, I think the voice goes really well. The humour. Now, yeah. the, 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 it's, a, it's, it's a homage, I'd say. Although some people, I'd say, maybe say kind of stole bits of movies. But... Yeah, what do you what do you think, guys? When, what, there isn't anything that's completely original anymore. Even back then, you, you yeah. paid homage to 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 other things. You know, it's a little it's, bit of a like it's like a, a bit of a homage slash parody. Yeah. But I think it's done with like it comes from a good place. Really does. You it know, comes from a good obvious, place. You know, with like a love for those films. Well, and, well, yeah, exactly. So, for example, the first level is very very closely based to. Um, Escape from New York, apparently. Very close, like almost the yeah, same sort of setting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely amazing. I can see that. Um, 
yeah, I mean, absolutely, absolutely brilliant, brilliant, brilliant game. Absolutely amazing. Now, I think at the time, I thought it was a funny game. I, I, I thought it was controversial. There was you know, prostitutes in it and stuff. <laughs> and you can, I know, pay it and they say, you know, shake it, baby. It's a yeah, bit, you can <laughs> see some things and do, do completely. <laughs> now, I, I was like, this, this is incredible. But has that kind of humour aged well? I think it is slightly sexist. I, I maybe I'm getting it's a bit crazy older. sexist. It is crazy sexist. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah, I, yeah. It wouldn't go down well these days. No. But then I suppose certain games are targeted at certain types of gamers. You know, those who are easily offended probably wouldn't play Duke and Duke back in the day, and they wouldn't mm. play it now. Yeah. It's like a lot of things. Though. It's a product of its time. Mm. Like I say it wouldn't come out like that now. I, I guess, but. I don't know, you know, people are grossly offended by Grand Theft Auto, so... Well, exactly. And there's prostitutes in that, and you can kill the prostitutes in that, so... Well, at least in Duke, you're trying to rescue them, to yeah. be fair, so... <laughs> so, you know, bad taste is never gone away, really. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Now, another element of Duke, Duke Nick 3D, that I really enjoyed was the multiplayer element. Multiplayer element, so you could actually... It was one of the first sort of PC games you could play against your mm. friends. Now I remember saying, "Mum, I need to unplug the phone line, stick in the old modem, yeah, the old yeah. dial-up, and, and I'd literally oh, again call wow. my mate Usman because he had it as well." Obviously, yeah. I said, "Usman, let's play some Duke against each other," and we it was just two people, me against Usman, fighting each, each other out. Excellent. Legendary, brilliant, you know, and it just added another sort of element. This was one of the first games, you know, it wasn't the first, but one of the really early games when I really got into multiplayer online capabilities. Online, multiplayer. I know, so in the so 90s? fun. In the nineties, I know, absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, yeah, that sound always came up. And I, Mum, Mum, you say, "I need the phone." Stop playing the modem. What's that noise? Right, Bruce Campbell. I know that you're a fan. Yes, I legend. Am. And I know you, you're a fan of the Evil Dead. Yeah. Now the front cover of Duke Nukem 3D is is again a very it's similar. It's a rip off of Army of Darkness, isn't it? Now, do you think Bruce Campbell's a fan of that? He said I in a couple of interviews. He probably is. is no, he? he's, not, he's not a fan. Oh. He's not a fan oh, of Bruce. Bruce. No, no. That's a shame. <laughs> What's he said? I we just said it was so easy. It just it's just stealing it. You know. What lazy? But I think that might oh. be the word actually used. So there you go. That's a shame. That is a shame. I th- we thought Bruce would have liked that. Yeah. yeah just well. Bruce, if you're you listening, mm, come on, change your, change your opinion, mate. Or at least get in contact. We'd love to ask you. Oh, a bit more yeah. detail. We'll do, <laughs> we'll do a, we'll do a podcast with you, Bruce, and we'll talk it through. <laughs> exactly. Um, now, Junior Confredi, I, t- I told you earlier, I've com- I completed the game countless times, but the reason I kept going back to it is not just to explore the levels and pick up the little sort of um, Easter eggs, which I'll talk about later. I used to download mods and additional oh, levels. Cool. Mm. I used to plug things in, and you could and you could sort of download sort of new weapons and maps. And even today, the mod scene for Junior and 3D is ridiculously big. It's That's so pat- crazy. It's still going strong. Yeah, Absolutely madness. Twenty years later, later. Yeah. and if you oh, I've completed everything. I've, I've played it for the expansion packs. Just download another, download another level. That's great. You and can grow an adult in the time that people are still making stuff <laughs> for that game. Yeah, it's true. Grow an adult. It's true. Now, the reason why it's one of the reasons why it's so well modded, uh, modded today is that the build engine, again, that we said it was made by mm. Ken Silverman, was so easy to use. And I'd say maybe towards the end of me, sort of losing a little bit of interest in Duty. Which engine really. was was he trying to replicate? Was it the Doom engine? Yeah, he was trying to. He was. It was, was a big rival to Doom, wasn't he? I think he. 
again, I can't speak for certain, but I think he sort of took the Wolfenstein one and just made it. Okay, maybe it was the Wolfenstein one he was trying to replicate and then he just got built things in. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. And Junior and 3D, they had a map-making editor tool in the game. That's what I'm talking about. You know what? 3D games really ripped that off after that as well. Now that, again, this was uh, a few podcasts back, Dil, you were talking about your own game. And I'm not trying to belittle your efforts by saying this, Mm -hmm. but when I was a teenager... When I was making my own Duke Nukem 3D levels, it was an incredible feeling. It's like, like making your own games. It's like, oh my words. It's like you are building that game. And you are making that. And I, I wish I still had it today, but I spent good money on a Duke Nukem 3D manual, that, a book basically, that gave you tips how to make perfect levels. Yeah. Um, I, Kev, our mate Kev, he had it as well. He used to love making game, uh, levels on Duke yeah. as well. Um, probably even more so than the game. And, Again, I, I love the game, don't get me wrong, but even more so, I've probably got so much more pleasure, or so much pleasure about building this one level with my, my two brothers. Mm. And we'd come home from school and say, oh, let's, and we, we spent so long on this one level, uh, we must have put hours and hours trying to perfect it. We made this really nice little city scene. And again, we added earthquakes, and we, we pushed, we really tried to push the engine quite hard. So I remember, and one, one sort of, bad point of Duke Nukem 3D is you can't really have flaws in the game you can't really go mm. above it's very clever you hardly noticed it but you, you, you understand you can have ramps and ladders and stuff but it mm. had to go different areas mm. but we used to, I remember one bit in the level where we tried to make our own floors so we could almost you can actually make your own sort of fake platforms mm. which you could step on mm. and it again it sounds silly but that was a bit of the engine we thought oh, look how clever we are they didn't do it in the game we tried to do it mm. um, it didn't look particularly good because yeah. you, could, you could literally but see you did it you could, yeah you could literally see the floor the, the floor was basically floating in midair just <laughs> around the edges <laughs> but do you know what I mean it's, oh, I, I loved it so much and somewhere I've got that, that map still saved I think I've got it on a CD somewhere oh, that's I, cool. I'm, I'm going to try and dig yeah. it out and see if it's still accessible can you imagine <laughs> subscribe to this podcast and Adrian will send you the level oh it's a <laughs> yeah. bit of a shame because my current piece <laughs> free Duke Nukem level yeah free podcast. Duke Nukem level <laughs> the, only, the only slight twist of this story is I don't have a CD player on my new PC so I, didn't, I neglected oh, to buy no. one <laughs> So I need to put it on. I suppose one. you need one these days. Exactly, <laughs> but I think I've got it saved somewhere. Again, it, so many hours went into that. I've got a CD drive, mate. If you find it, I'll get it. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, there you go. Um, look, some of the versions, uh, some of the versions released, a lot of the companies weren't happy about the the nudity and the swearing. So a lot of parental locks were put in place on certain mm. games. Um, but I believe there were certain ways you could unlock them as well. So mm-hmm. there's, there's always ways around it. The PC version, I would say, is the best. Okay, I know it came yeah. out in a lot of formats, but I think the PC version was the best. That's what it was built for. Yeah, at the time. Yeah. That's what, yeah. Exactly. Uh, apparently, um, the the worst version is the PlayStation, believe it or not. Oh. The, um, the N64 was good. It had added a few new levels and new weapons, actually, but a little bit sort of fuzzy. A bit like N64, a bit sort of fuzzy mm, bit graphics. Bit foggy. Yeah. Bit foggy. Um, the most faithful conversion, apparently, though, and this might be one that interests you, Keith, is the Sega Saturn one, yeah, believe yeah, it or not. Yeah. That was the closest, the sort of best version, apart from the PC. Get it, Keith? I will. Oh, be. yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it was released at a very similar time as uh, id Software's Quake, you know, big big rivals. Cool. And Quake is another quality game. Very, You know, d- different sort of games, different sort of settings, but they, well, they didn't really like each other, I think, these two companies. A bit, <laughs> more, a bit of a rival anyway. Yeah. Exactly, and there's one bit in Duke Nukem 3D where if you go to a certain building, 
there's, a, there's a sign saying quake site. If you jump on that sign, Duke will say, I ain't afraid of no quake. Yeah. <laughs> little, little things like that. Little things like that. And uh, guys, I mean, you can find a dead Luke Skywalker. In, in rooms, there's a. There's I never actually, found that. Oh. Yeah, well, it's about, It's apparently there somewhere hidden. Uh, also, and I think it's a very cheeky one. If you can find a dead Doom Space Marine as well. No. Nah. <laughs> yeah, I know. And um, also, I think it might be the first level. You can go through a poster. You can just literally walk through a poster. Again, Shawshank Redemption. Just oh, so. I, don't, oh, I did that bit. Yeah, yeah I that. that was taken yeah. from Shawshank. Apparently, <laughs> I mean, love it. It's absolutely, absolutely, absolutely incredible. You know. Um, no, I, you know, absolutely brilliant game. I haven't played it recently. Well, I tell you, actually, I did play it the other day. I uh, I loaded up the old Mega Drive version. Well, I, what was that like? I thought, I thought to myself, how can the Mega Drive play this game? Yeah, how was it? Oh, my words. It was <laughs> one of the worst experiences oh, of my dear. life. No! Because oh, it ain't so. In great, I, I'm sure if I close my eyes, I could picture the whole of the first level of Duke Nukem 3D from the PC. Well, you, I could almost picture it. Like, yeah. You played it ridiculous. You know the first, You know exactly. Uh, that was the level I used to choose all the time to play the multiplayer against Usman because it's mm. quite small. Imagine playing a huge map. Mm. It's a, it took ages. To get each other. Yeah. yeah, it took ages. We used to always play the first level, but it wasn't the first level on the Mega Drive. You were literally in like a just corridors. There's no open land. No, the shooting was terrible. Apps, you know, the 16-bit wouldn't have been able to handle no, those kind of those expanse Makes you wonder why they tried. It's ridiculous. It's just like just to get it on. Oh, we've got it on the Mega Drive. Just to get it on another platform yeah. to find another customer base. Oh, just worth it's it. worth having a go. Just see how terrible it is. You no, know, it, it is that bad. That that bad. Um, now look, there's there's one more game. Well, what, well, there were a few spin-off games actually. There's a few other spin-off games in N64, but there was one more proper Duke title. You you heard about it? little bit Duke Nukem Forever mm. yeah never had the pleasure yeah now Duke Nukem 3D was released in I think 1996 as I told you it was only announced the following year that they were working they began early work on Duke Nukem Forever how long did, did it take to finally get Duke Nukem Forever released how long was it 10 million years <laughs> Not quite that. It felt like that. <laughs> Honestly, guys, every year they do a little update. You say, "Oh, Duke, we're working hard." And they might show a few screenshots, and I, I was loving it. I thought this game. You know, I loved the first game. I was so looking forward to it. But eventually, I lost interest. I think a lot of people lost you interest. Forget about it. I think Apogee and, and Free Free Realms just, just basically said no. When they were cutting staff, they said we can't. We're not going to work in this game anymore. It looked like the game would never come out. Mm. Another company basically took it over. And it was eventually released, guys, in 2011. <laughs> now, look, I've seen the, I've played the demo. I downloaded the first level. Um, it's got terrible, terrible reviews. Yeah, it's got a terrible reputation. De- terrible reputation. It kind of carried on. I think that from the humor of Junior Confused, it didn't really evolve. The graphics weren't ridiculously improved either. Mm. I didn't like it. As well, I gave I gave the first level a good go. I thought, you know, I, I know there's bad reviews in this. I'll give it a chance. Didn't like it. What was so wrong with it? It, it just wasn't. It, it was almost too open in a way. I remember okay. the first one being very open, and yeah. it didn't seem to have much. Nothing really stood out. Mm. At the time when Junior Confidi came out, it was amazing. So much originality, so many things going on. That this game, it just wasn't fun either. Yeah. The, the controls weren't brilliant. At the time, 
they've, they've really pushed on the genre, haven't they? They've, it was absolutely incredible then. But oh yeah, back then it was groundbreaking. I guess now it's just ten a penny. And I think mm. first-person shooters and people lost interest. Yeah, waiting so many years. People well, like well, fifteen years for a sequel. And it, it was a running joke, wasn't it? It was a running joke yeah. after a while. Judy can forever. That's, it. That's my, my, my. I have never played it, but obviously I know about it because it's been yeah. panned so much by people for being so long. You know, ripped to shreds. Exactly. Just so long in waiting and ugh, just wasn't worth the wait. <laughs> it wasn't worth the wait, and it's it's not like it's worth the wait. Don't mind waiting for it. <laughs> exactly. I think it's a shame though because it's almost put a stopper on the Duke Nukem proper games. You know, there's a couple of spin-offs like I said earlier. I think they even tried to make a a new sort of platform title. Oh really? Of, like a PC game, like a again a proper sort of flashback to the the original games, which was apparently quite good. I haven't played it, but the, the, are they ever going to make a sort of Duke Nukem Five? I don't know. I, I'd, I'd be surprised now. You never know. I mean, speaking of Doom, the recent Doom game. Which the re-release of Doom, yeah. which is, awesome. is crazy fun. Yeah. I, I love that you game. Know, and that, yeah, that's had a yeah. great reception. So why not do the same with Doom? There's a. I reckon there's a, a place for it if done properly. If even done even properly. though we're inundated with first-person shooters, here it, we are. There's still got, enough lovers of the original franchise. I mm. think. Yeah. Okay. We we do have a crazy amount of first-person shooters, but. A lot of the new ones are pretty dull. I think Duke Nukem, oh, yeah. with that brand of humour, bring it up to 21st century yeah. humour. And I think the whole point of the Duke Nukem games, why they kind of worked, is they didn't take themselves too seriously. That's yeah. it. It's fun. Oh it my was, God, I love, I think, oh, how many of these first-person shooters take, take themselves too seriously? I think there's a, space, a place for it. We, I mean, Call of Duty. Look at the, re- the the response to was it last year Infinite Warfare? Mm-hmm. People are just fed up now. Yeah, they're like this has just got silly. We're now in space. What's going on? Um, and it is a really serious storyline. Was it Kevin Spacey in it? Yes. And House of Cards. And now look, it's not like first person <laughs> shoot a House of Cards. <laughs> and that no. And now look, the new Call of Duty World War Two. So they've had to, they've had to take it right back to where they started. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah just to try and get people's interest back in. So yeah. there's a lack of ideas, lack of humour. Don't get me wrong, I'll probably play the World War 2 one because mm. I bet it would look amazing. But, but I, will, yeah. I think there's a place for a game yeah. like Duke Nukem. I think there's still a gap in the market yeah. for that kind of game. Step in. Done properly. It's a fair point. And, yeah. It has to be I'd done like properly and it has to somehow bring back the old... But I guess that's the problem now, the whole Duke Nukem Forever thing. It's, yeah, it hasn't helped its, its definitely cause. definitely burnt. My bird bridges. Yeah. Well, in the, so, yeah, so so one of the best things about the new Doom is that when you stun an enemy, you can smash them to bits. And you get and if you kill them in certain ways, you get sort of really good sort of power ups and stuff. Duke Duke Nukem is built to smash enemies like that. Mm. He stuns someone. He can just like like grab them by the can you head and them? just like knee them in knee. the head. Like, <laughs> boom! Fingers in eyeballs. Fingers in eyeballs. <laughs> like you know. Yeah. You would see the wind work well. <laughs> and nice. because it was so dynamic, you know, it, it could carry on that way, couldn't it? it could, yeah. And it set in Earth as well. I think that that's important. I think I quite like the idea that that's why I think Junior can really worked in a way because it's really quite well. Mm. You can relate to the areas. You know, there was shops. There was uh, well. Yeah, see, I, I liked it back, especially back again. Now it's just mm. normal. But then I liked seeing stuff like that in games. Yeah, it's cool to see stuff happening in this fantasy world yeah. where you know isn't real. But I always, I always really liked games that had that bit of 
stuff, that bit of um, realism. Well, not mm. realism, that's not realism, but stuff you can relate to. Yeah. I always like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I reckon there's definitely a place for it. Mm. Dumb, dumb Scott, we're here. We are here <laughs> and we're ready we to... We are your audience. We're ready to consult you on your new Duke Nukem game. Yeah. Make it, it happen. <laughs> yeah. All good. So, guys, look, if there's one of the Duke games I'd check out, Probably Duke Nukem 3D. Yeah, if I if I was being honest, maybe give Forever a chance, but I think that's Duke Nukem 3D for me is is one of the best you know, first person shooters. I'm going to find out how much it is on the Saturn. I'd be interested in to know yeah. actually. I would be interested in to know how good collection. it is. I'm also going to write a song called Give Forever a Chance. Give Forever a Chance. It sounds like a ballad. It sounds it does, like an eighties ballad. <laughs> maybe you should get uh, our mate John said John to come along and maybe you could yeah. do the back, yeah. background singer or something. <laughs> But yeah, guys, like I said, we've got three top interviews to check out. You know, all Duke related. They talk about other stuff, other games as well. Please, please check it out. And let let me know, you know, if you're a fan of Duke Nukem Forever, please get in touch. And uh, I'd like to know why exactly. But, <laughs> but yeah, thanks for listening, guys. And um, yeah, maybe I'll, I found some chewing gum after all. So there you go. <laughs>
Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. If you want to get in touch regarding this week's episode or anything else, you can tweet us at Arcade Attack UK, at Keith Barlow82, and at Arcade underscore Adriano. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash Arcade Attack UK. Please check out our website at arcadeattack.co.uk for lots of retro gaming goodness, interviews, reviews, features, top tens, etc. And you can also find all our previous podcasts there. Our podcasts are available to stream from the website and from SoundCloud and are available to download for free from Stitcher, Podbean and iTunes where you can also leave us a review and a rating which we would really, really appreciate. So until next time, take care and we'll speak to you soon.